When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, how we doing? We're back after like what three weeks? Not as big of a hiatus as I had um, the previous time, but not the longest hiatus I've ever had. You know, it's 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 whatever. It's not football season yet, okay? I don't have to be doing this two, three times a week until football season. By the way, let me introduce myself as I always do. My name is Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to episode 76 of the Wider Eye Podcast. And uh, I know I said it hasn't been, it's, it's not football season yet. Well, you know, technically regular season football yet. But it is Wednesday, September 8th. Do the math. Look at your calendar. That's one day before Thursday, September 9th. When is, which is when the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kick off at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Tampa Bay. It's here. It's back. I literally cannot believe I'm sitting here and it is already September 8th. And it's here. Tomorrow night, NFL season begins. It all happens. It's all coming to fruition. After months of talking about, you know, free agency, I spent about a month, month and a half talking about how much money the Giants would need to pay Leonard Williams and if they were going to get Kenny Galladay and then the draft happens. Obviously, I tweet the Giants should trade back and draft Kadarius Tony a month before they actually did. No, no credit to me, but you know... I did I, I did hit the nail on the head a little bit with that. It's I've spent months and you know training camp, preseason games, writing this, writing that. We're here. It's here. It's happening. It's one day until the NFL season, the regular season, finally begins. And to celebrate the occasion, I want to bring upon a new segment of this show, of this podcast, in which we do a weekly best bets episode. I'm talking, we're going to be talking about every Wednesday. I'm trying to do it every Wednesday afternoon or morning as it is right now. It's about 11.08 a.m. Talking about the best bets for the NFL, uh, the weekly NFL games, the upcoming games, I mean. Um, So that's why I want to do it Wednesday because, you know, you got to count for the Thursday night game every week and you really only have, you have two days between every week, you know, between one week and the next, you got the Wednesday, the, excuse me, the Monday game to conclude one week and then the Thursday game to commence the following, you know, you only got so much time in between to really talk about every single NFL game from a betting standpoint. That's it. You only got two days. So I'm going to try to do it every Wednesday and we're starting off quick. Okay. Now we're starting off. We're in a good spot. It's Wednesday. I'm doing it on the right day. We're good. Okay. And as I said multiple times before, tomorrow, uh, multiple times already this episode, tomorrow, Cowboys, Bucks, 8.20 p.m. in Tampa Bay. 
lines courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's start it off right now. Tampa Bay minus eight and a half. That's what I like tomorrow. Why do I like that? Well, I've said this multiple times before. If you look at my power rankings pieces, I have the Bucks as the number one team in the league. Okay, it, it, not just because they won the Super Bowl seven months ago, but because they returned twenty-two Super Bowl starters. Everybody's back. I think that's the first time a team has done that. The team that's won the Super Bowl, returning all twenty-two Super Bowl starters. Everyone is back. Brady's back. Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, JPP, everybody. That strong offense, that strong defense, that Super Bowl winning squad led by the intelligent Bruce Arians, all back. I like the Bucks' chances this year. Now, I understand that a Super Bowl hangover is always possible. You know, look at, I, this is a different example because they didn't win the Super Bowl back in 2015, but an example that comes to mind, a team that comes to mind, is the 2015 Carolina Panthers. They are, what, 15-1? and one, Lost to Peyton Manning? Next year, they were 6-10? and 10. Not great. Super Bowl hangovers are always possible. But, I like the Bucks' chances of repeating this year. At least right now, I do. At least right now, I do. And I think tomorrow night, Minus eight, Tampa Bay minus eight and a half is a legitimate play. I think they're going to come out fired up. Fans are back in the stadium. Uh, I have concerns over Dallas's defense. Don't think it's all that great. It's not all that great. Not that I don't think it's not all that great. And I know Micah Parsons, they took, they took in the first round. He's not going to change absolutely everything. Still 10 other guys on the field on that side of the ball. But I think Tampa Bay is going to come out fired up. I think it's... You can't really doubt Brady at this point. I mean, who still is? And uh, I think with fans back in the stadium, with the atmosphere that it's going to be, with Dallas' struggling defense, Dak is returning. But again, we don't know how healthy Dak truly is or if he's 100%. You heard Adam Schefter talk about him. You know, we don't. he doesn't know if he's going to be 100% all year. So I like Tampa Bay minus 8.5. So obviously I like them... On the money line as well at minus 450. Um, and I do take the over because I think they could score a lot of points. I mean, this team can score. You know, it put up 31 in the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's just one game. But, you know, you got a, an offense like all the weapons I just told you. Brady, Gronk, Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's their third receiver. Antonio Brown may be one of the best receivers of all time. <laughs> you know, maybe not You know, one of the most talented of all time. That's for sure. So I like this, uh, and even you know with Dak not fully healthy, that's still a talented offense with him and Zeke and Ceedee Lamb, and yeah, it's Amari Cooper obviously and Michael Gallup and Dalton Shaw. There's a bunch of guys on either on either team's offense that can make plays and score points. I like the over here. Okay, moving on, game number two, we have Jets and Panthers. Now I this is always I love when like schedule makers make it obvious. Like you, obviously the Jets are going to play the Panthers week one because Sam Donald was just traded from the Jets to the Panthers. Uh, it's it, they make some of this, the schedule makers I feel like make it so obvious. Um, also, I think the Jets when they got the schedule when they tweeted out their schedule tweeted something like, "quote unquote This should be fun," and it showed the week one game against Carolina. Like we know why they're saying that because you know because of Sam Donald. Um, I think Carolina can win this game. Hey, listen, I like the Jets in their direction. 
I think they have a good coach quarterback duo going on. I like the moves they made in free agency. I like the moves they made in the draft. I think they're in a good spot moving forward. I love Joe Douglas. I think I, I really do. I think he understands the value of certain positions. I, I always bring it back to him trading Jamal Adams. I thought that was the right move. I'd rather pay Jamal. I'd rather trade Jamal Adams for multiple draft picks, and then then sign him for whatever the Seahawks signed him for. I think it was seventy million. Yeah, four years, seventy million contract. I'd rather trade him and get multiple draft picks, including number ones, and then sign him for seventy million. I like Joe Douglas. I like the direction the Jets are going in. I don't think it's going to come to fruition this year. There's going to be growing pains. There's going to be some disappointing performances. And I think the Jets lose this game. I would take Carolina minus 260 on the money line. And I would take the under uh, of 40. I would take under 45. Why? Because I think this Jets offense is young. It's going to take some time to find the rhythm. I think it's going to take some time for them to really become a high scoring unit. And the Panthers, you know, the Panthers got to develop as well. Obviously, they're in the same, the second year in the same system under Matt Rule and offensive coordinator Joe Brady. But Sam Darnold is a young quarterback. He's got to develop as well. You know, he still he still needs to develop. Obviously, it's been three years, but he's still got to develop. He hasn't done so yet. I like the under. I do like the Jets plus five and a half though. I think both teams will start off slow. I don't think it's just going to be the Jets. I think both teams will start off slow. I think this will be a close game. I think it'll be a one score game in the end. I like the Jets plus five and a half on the spread. However, I do like the under 45, and I like Panthers' money line, which is minus 260. Again, all these lines courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. So, uh, moving on, we got Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Now, I'm not high on Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh will be good, but I'm not high. I'm not incredibly. I don't think they're an AFC contender whatsoever. Which is crazy because this is a team that started off 11-0 last year, right? 11-0, I think. They, they, they were undefeated for the majority of the year. I don't think they're, an AFC, they're a, um, a Super Bowl contender in that conference. I really don't. I think Buffalo's far and away better than them. I think Buffalo obviously has a better quarterback. I mean, who wouldn't think that? Uh, Roethlisberger is only getting older. Uh, I, I, I like not the addition of Najee Harris, but you can't run the offense through him. It's not that type of league anymore. I like the Bills here. I like the Bills minus 6.5. I like the Bills minus 320 in the money line. I would take the over uh, just because I like what the Bills can do on the offensive side of the ball. I think they could put up enough points where they could sort of take on the bulk of the load when it comes to the total, if I'm making sense there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the over uh, 48.5. I, I like what Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs could do. I think that'll be. I, I could see them both having a big game. I could see them both picking up right where they left off last year. And unlike the Steelers, this is a Super Bowl contender. Buffalo. I love Buffalo this year. I love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is the perfect prototypical quarterback with the size, the arm strength, the the mobility where he can get outside the pocket and he can run, but it's not a too much mobility where it could it could hurt him. Like I I get scared watching Lamar Jackson play. I get scared watching Kyler Murray play. You know, and I'm big. I'm big on Kyler Murray as well. Um, but anyway, I, th- I like Buffalo on the spread and on the money line and the over 48 and a half on this game. Uh, San Francisco and the Lions. Now this one's tricky. I have no idea what the spread. Okay, so the spread is minus uh, San Francisco minus seven and a half. I have no idea what to make of that because I really don't know what San Francisco is. I don't know if Garoppolo is going to still be competent on the field. Uh, I don't think Trey Lance is going to play in this game. I just don't. I don't think he's ready. 
as far as the defense is concerned, you're obviously they're getting Nick Bosa back, but they're they're losing Richard Sherman. They lost their coordinator Robert Sala. Obviously, he was head coaching the Jets. Now I really don't know what to make of San Francisco. I don't. So I don't have any idea of the spread. I would take the under though because I I don't like the Lions' uh, offense. I, I'm not a big Jared Goff guy. Uh, I'm not a big DeAndre Swift guy either. Uh, I just you know got Kenny Galladay's gone. I don't, I don't like their offense. I think the under is in play here. I do think San Francisco is, San Francisco is going to pull off this win though. Minus three sixty five on the money line. Um, so I think I've taken favorites every money line, which is uh, I know I'm kind of boring like that. Um, but I just don't know what San Francisco is. I really don't. I have no idea what they are right now. Same goes for the Raiders, who we'll talk about soon. But I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of San Francisco. I don't know what to make of the quarterback position right now. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has something up his sleeve, but yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh see Seattle and uh Indianapolis. Again, another one of those games. I think Seattle will win this game, obviously. I think Seattle's a better team than Indianapolis. Uh, I would take the minus 145 in the money line. As far as the spread is concerned, I'm not sure. I, it's another game. I don't know. I don't know what Indianapolis is. Whenever teams get new, you know, new quarterbacks, obviously San Francisco it doesn't have a new. They, you know, Trey Lance is obviously new, but Jimmy Garoppolo is returning, but he's returning from injury. And Indianapolis, you know, Carson Wentz, he's returning from an abysmal 2020 season, and he's on a new team, and it, it's a whole new scenario. It's a whole new situation. I don't know what to make of Indianapolis right now. Yeah, I so I guess minus Seattle minus two and a half would be my play and minus one forty five in the money line. Uh I would take I would take the over fifty here. Actually I think that's an easy play. I think over fifty in Seattle Indianapolis game, that's an easy play. I think you know, if the, if Seattle just lets Russ cook, which is what they all say, they'll be fine. Hey, let him run the offense through your star quarterback. You have one of the best quarterbacks in this entire league. You may have one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. Run the offense through him. And it's not like he's aging. Dude threw 40 touchdowns last year. Run the offense through him and you should be fine with the Colts. You know, I don't know what to get at I don't know what to get out of Carson Wentz because he's he was abysmal last year, a turnover machine. Um but he's back with Frank Wright, who he was with in uh Philadelphia. He's got good offensive weapons too. I'm a big fan of the uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, obviously Michael Pittman is good as well. He's got good offensive weapons, so I I I, I would take over fifty in that. I think they could score some points in this game. Indianapolis can. I take over fifty. Arizona Tennessee. Listen, I love these two offenses. Um, Tennessee is minus three on the spread. They're also minus 155 on the money line, while Arizona is plus 135 on the money line. Now, you could do whatever you want on the spread. The spread seems so normal here. I, 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 don't want to, I don't know what to make of that spread. However, the one thing I will say about this Arizona-Tennessee game is you got to hit the over. 52.5. I love these two offenses. Love them. I'm a huge Kyler Murray guy. I think Cliff Kingsbury could figure this all out in year three. I think Arizona could be a playoff team despite the fact that they're in the toughest division in football with San Francisco, uh, Seattle, as well as the Rams. I love Kyler Murray. Obviously, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think Rondell Moore, the rookie wide receiver out of Purdue, is going to be highly slept on, second-round pick. Uh, I, 
Tennessee, obviously, with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is a is not Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. Don't call him serviceable. Ryan Tannehill is a highly productive quarterback in this league. What is this? Thirty three touchdowns and seven picks last year. Now he's got Julio Jones to go along with AJ Brown, Derrick Henry to take the pressure off of him, Derrick Henry to ground and pound while they open up the play action later on. These are two good offenses, Arizona and Tennessee. Over fifty two and a half is a lock. One of these teams is going to get to 35 points, I think. I'm serious. I think it's going to be like a 35-21 type of game. I like it. I'm not going to say who's good. I'm not going to go back and forth on who's going to be putting up 35 and who's going to be putting up 21. But the over is going to hit easily. I don't think there's any doubt to that sort of uh, argument. Then we got the Chargers and the Washington football team. Now, Oh, by the way, I think there's eight nicknames for the Washington football team now. The eight potential names. I don't like any of them. Except for, excuse me, I don't like seven of them. The only potential new name for the Washington football team that they could choose of the eight they have is Washington football team. So I guess it's not new. But one of the choices now moving forward is to stick with the Washington football team as their name, and I think it should. I like it. I like it's sharp, unique. I like the the new it's not new colors, but instead of like red and yellow, it's more maroon and gold and the W logo and the WFT uh acronym, which I confuse for WTF all the time. I love it. However, I don't love them in this game. Yes, this is a great Washington defense. Led up by a phenomenal Chase Young-led defensive front. But I'm just so big on Justin Herbert. And I get he's a young quarterback. And good defenses like this and strong defensive lines like this could give young quarterbacks fits. But dude, if he's not an up-and-coming star, I don't know what is. I mean, he's going to turn on the Jets this year. You could say he did last year. And that all, I, I have the Chargers. The Chargers didn't even make the playoffs last year. They were 7-9. and nine. I, have them, I, I have them at number 10 in my power rankings and have for a number of weeks. I'm big on the Chargers. I'm big on Herbert. I'm big on this offense with Herbert and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and now Jared Cook and Austin Eckler and a new head coach in Brandon Staley. I think the Chargers minus one is an absolute lock against Washington. I think it, they, you know, they're minus 115 on the money line. I think they could absolutely beat Washington. Um, and I don't think it's a one-point game. I, I don't. I mean, I, it could be a one-score game. could be a three, four, six, you know. I think it, I think minus one is an absolute lock for Los Angeles. But I love the under, though, just because of the two defenses. I know I said Herbert's the real deal, but I, I, I you know, there's still two great defenses. You know, Char- Chargers were a good defense last year as well. So, uh, not as good as Washington, obviously, but not many defenses were. Two good defenses. I like the under 44 and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, who's it's going to be hard to... Re- it's the, the Defensive performances are hard to repeat year by year by year. Some teams do it, some teams don't. And really, the week... I'll say this, I said this before, and I said, maybe not publicly, but I've said it uh, before, especially when it comes to, you know, things like survivor leagues and stuff like that. Week one is always the hardest to really decipher what goes on. 
Because you haven't seen these teams play yet with their new additions, with their new coaching staffs. Maybe, you know, some teams have new quarterbacks. You, you, you don't know what is to come with a lot of uh, these teams week one. Last year, I was out of my survivor pool uh, after week one. That was it. Done. I tried, picked Washington to be, excuse me, I picked Philly to beat Washington, and that did not happen. Washington won. They started off 1-0, and I was done. One week. That was it. One game. 1 p.m. games, too, on that Sunday. I was done. By 4 o'clock, that first Sunday, September whatever last year, I was cooked. So it's tough to decipher these games. But I will say, you know, I will bank on the Chargers defense being good. I will bank on Washington. I, I'm not going to bank. Washington's defense will be good again, I think. I, You know, they have a, a ton of pieces on that side of the ball. Their defensive line's fan, um, fantastic. But I, I see the under in this game, 44.5. And I see Chargers winning by more than one. Take them minus one on the spread. All right. Skipping over the Vikings-Bengals game. I don't really know what to make of that. Eagles-Falcons. Um, let's see. Dolphins-Patriots. Hmm. Are the Patriots a playoff team? Because I think there's a chance. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not mocking that. I do. I, I think there's a chance. They're a playoff team. When you look at this Patriots team last year, with the historic number of uh, you know co- opt-outs, they didn't really have a consistent plan of quarterback. Cam Newton was good for here and there, but then he got COVID, and he never really was consistent all throughout the year. They had, you know, they had the n- not great offensive weapons, uh, and just the craziness of the COVID-impacted 2020 season. And Bill Belichick still won seven games with his team. I'm pretty sure they beat the Chargers 45 to nothing late in the year. Well, they did beat the Chargers 45 to nothing. And I'm sure Cam Newton had like 67 passing yards. Don't ever doubt what don't ever doubt what Belichick can do. And this offseason he made a number of great additions. You got John o. Smith and Hunter Henry now in the offense. Mac Jones is the starting quarterback moving forward after Cam Newton got cut. You know, you could say about whatever you want about that, but I mean, I don't. The bottom line is this: I don't doubt what Belichick does, and if all those negative situations arose last year and they only and they still won seven games with everything that was going on, that's pretty impressive. And I think with the pieces they have this year, they could be a legitimate playoff team. I think the I don't. I'm not saying they're going to be better than Buffalo, but they could split the two with Buffalo. I think the Patriots could be a wild card team in the AFC East. And I think this Sunday, when it all starts against Miami, they will win by more than three points and cover the spread of minus three. I think Patriots minus three is a lock. Because I think Tua Tungavailoa is a young quarterback. Uh, I think Belichick and his defense could give Tua fits. We saw him last year. Uh, I think they could find a way to game plan against them. Game plan against Brian Flores. Uh, I think they could give Tua Tungavailoa a rough time this Sunday afternoon, starting at 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time. Not to mention the games in Foxborough. Fans are back in the house. This is going to be a tough spot for Tua. Tough spot. I'm taking the Patriots minus three. I say they win by like 7 to 10. It's not going to be a blowout, but it doesn't need to be. Minus three. Book it. Under four and three, under forty three and a half. Yeah, I take that too. I think New England could. Um, I'm not confident in Tua to put up too many in that offense to put up too many points. 
And while I think Mac Jones will get his first career win, I'm not saying he'll put up an, a significant number of points either. Still a rookie. Still a lot of uh, things to learn. Growing pains. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I like the uh, the under here. 43 and a half. And obviously New England minus 160. That's obvious though. Cleveland and Kansas City. Now, I like this game for a number of reasons. One, I want to see how uh, Patrick Mahomes and the offense looks uh, look with this uh, newly formed chief offensive line. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is going to hit a wall and fall off a cliff, or this offense is going to either, or Andy Reid's not going to know what he's doing. But I still would like to see what this offense looks like with these new pieces on the offensive line. And i like to see what Baker Mayfield, uh, if he improves, if he develops even further. I thought he looked good toward the end of last year, in the playoffs at least. And I think he could take that next step forward. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to become an elite quarterback this year, but who knows? I mean, then all of it, none of us are really saying that Josh Allen was going to become an elite quarterback last year. And look at him. He just signed a $258 million extension. 58? Yeah, 258 over six years. For those of you who don't know, that's like a lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks take significant leaps. Significant leaps. I like to see if Baker can do that starting this Sunday. And that's why I have Cleveland at plus six. I think Baker could actually, you know, I with the weapons that he has around him, with Hunt, with Chubb, with Odell, with Jarvis, Austin Hooper, guy could make some noise and I think it starts this Sunday I like Cleveland plus six obviously I like Kansas City to win though minus 305 on the money line I don't think I I I don't doubt Kansas City in a game like this Um, I don't doubt Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid in a game like this Um, obviously they have the great weapons of Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards Alaire I don't doubt Kansas City's ability to win this game but I do think Cleveland is good enough to cover this Decent spread, plus six. I think Cleveland can get it to a one-score game. Absolutely. I think Cleveland plus six might be my best play of the week. 100%. That's how confident I am in this. I'm confident in all my picks, obviously. I mean, why wouldn't I be? If I wasn't confident in these picks, I wouldn't be telling you guys them. I wouldn't be getting on this microphone right now and telling the world, not the world, 50 people maybe, if that, who to pick and who not to. But I'm the most confident in all. Out of all these picks, I may be the most confident in Cleveland, in Cleveland plus six. If I if I get it wrong, if Kansas City covers their spread minus six, you could tweet at me at Ryan Honey ESNY and talk shit all week. Do whatever you want. I don't care. That's how confident I am. Cleveland's going to cover plus six. God, they're going to kill me if I'm wrong. Anyway, moving on. Green Bay, uh, Green Bay versus New Orleans, 4:25 p.m. Another 4:25 p.m. game. On Sunday, Green Bay is minus three and a half. I think that's a lock as well. Listen, I don't know what to make of the whole Jameis situation, and I love Jameis. I really do. I don't like people. Let me preface by saying that I'm a lot higher on Jameis than other people are. I don't want people writing Jameis off because of one stat in one year. Obviously, if you know what I'm talking about, you know it's the 30 interceptions in 2019. I don't want people writing him off because of one stat. In one year. He also threw, what, 30 touchdowns that year? Led the league in uh, passing yards as well? You know, nobody talks about that. 
Yeah, 33 touchdowns, 5,101 yards. Or excuse me, 5,109 yards, 30 picks. It's just the 30 picks. That's it, just the 30 picks. Everyone writes them off because of the 30 picks. One stat, one year. Don't write them off. However, I need to I, I need to get a feel of how he's going to operate in a, in a Sean Payton offense as a full-time starter, not just a second string like he was last year. You know, last year he only threw 75 yards the whole year. It's not like you know, he played. I need to get a feel of what he can be as a full-time starter against regular season defenses in a Sean Payton offense. Right now, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if Green Bay is a good, is an easy first test. Obviously, you know, their defense isn't spectacular, but Aaron Rodgers is. I don't like the Saints covering plus three and a half here. I think this is definitely a Green Bay win by at least 10 points. Like if Green Bay was minus nine and a half here, I'd take Green Bay minus nine and a half. I think this is a Green Bay win by at least 10 points. Obviously, that's not a blowout. Could be a 20 to 10 victory. Could be a 35 to 20. Who knows? I think Green Bay could win this game by 10. Um, I'd also take the under 50. Just because of Saints defense. Uh, Just because, you know, I don't know what Jameis is going to be able to do. First regular season start um, in a new, uh, in the Sean Payton offense. Uh, This year, you know, with with no Michael Thomas and all that and it's a big change for New Orleans. Drew Brees is gone. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not confident in the Saints offense this week. I think it'll take a little bit to come together. Um, and uh, I, I, But I'm confident in their defense. I think they could at least contain Aaron Rodgers in this offense for some portion of the game. Not the entire game, obviously. Uh, I like under 50. I like So I guess 20 to 10, my original score would work out in favor of Green Bay. 20 to 10. That's what I like. Uh, Giants Broncos. That's an interesting one because I really don't listen. I'm not gonna sit here and say, uh, you know, that the, the Giants are absolutely a playoff team because I don't know if they are. I really don't. I know I told y'all all preseason, don't worry about the offensive line just yet. I'm kind of starting to worry about it, especially after yesterday when they released the unofficial depth chart for Week One and Nate Solder, veteran who didn't play last year. And it was not good in 2019 or 2018. It's starting at right tackle. Unofficially, of course. But that could be the case. Starting at right tackle. Andrew Thomas on the left side. And then uh, Nate Solder on the right side. Nate Solder playing over second-year tackle Matthew Parrott, who was supposed to be the starter. At least we all thought he was going to be. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not all that confident in that offensive line. I really not. Maybe that's why they're they're plus three. They're the underdogs. Okay, I'm not all too confident in the offensive line, and I think if the offensive line fails against this Denver defense, who, you know, if that happens, if they fail, I mean, who knows what Daniel Jones can do? Honestly. I mean, we talk about all these new weapons that Daniel Jones has with Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney and, you know, add that with... Kyle Rudolph and Engram, who may not play, but Sterling Shepard and Slayton and Saquon coming back if he does play week one. You know, Daniel Jones is not going to be able to do anything with those weapons if this offensive line can't stay upright. That's the bottom line. 
That's why if you have a left tackle need and a receiver need in the draft, you're going left tackle first round and wide receiver second. That's how it works. You know, you need a left, you need a good offensive line to make the most out of your weapons. Not the other way around. It's you need a good offensive line first. And I don't know if the Giants have that. I know I told you to not worry yet. But now I'm starting to worry. And if I'm starting to worry after hyping up the offensive line all offseason, that's saying something. But, I'm not intrigued by the Broncos' offensive scenario. Not really all that. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better option right now than Drew Locke. But I'm not all that high on Teddy Bridgewater. And I think this Giants defense is pretty good. I think they're going to be pretty good again. I like the under in this game, 42. I think Denver's going to have a tough time scoring. I think the Giants are going to have a tough time scoring. I think these are, this is going to be a defensive game. I think the under 42 was a lock. I do like the Giants plus three, though. And I like the Giants to win, plus 140. I think they could do just enough to defeat a Denver team that was worse than them last year. But I I don't I, I don't know about playoffs yet. I'll let you know as the year goes on as far as what I think about the Giants going to the playoffs. But right now, I think the Giants start off 1-0, but we'll see week by week. We shall see. All right, we're almost done. Two more games, and I'll let you go. Rams, Bears. Rams minus 7.5. I think that's obvious because here's the thing. I'm pretty sure the Chicago, the Bears are going to start Andy Dalton. Why? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. Why are they starting Andy Dalton? Do they want Justin Fields to, you know, do they want to ease him into this um, offensive system, pro-level system, have him develop on the bench behind Andy Dalton, have him watch and learn as the offense goes nowhere with Andy Dalton under center? That's what the Bears seem like they're going to do. And if that's the case... The Rams are beating them by more than 7.5 points. Case closed. You think an Andy Dalton-operated offense is going to go up against an Aaron Donald-operated defense? Not happening. Success, not happening. Production, non-existent. Not going not gonna to work out for Matt Nagy's team. And the Rams, I love their offense right now. Love them. I like the weapons. Obviously, they upgraded a quarterback this offseason from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford with that big trade back in January. I can't believe that was like already like eight months ago. The offseason is the off season's so long. And it's obviously it should be because it's a huge contact sport. These teams need time to rest and develop. It's a, you know, these teams need time to rest and develop and prepare. But it's such a, it's, it's such a long offseason. I mean, we haven't watched the Giants game in eight months. I haven't watched a game in seven months. And, uh, you know, obviously, with the exception of the preseason. A meaningful game. Meaningful game. But I like the Rams here, minus 7.5. I like the under uh, because I think the Rams' defense is super good. And I think the Bears' de- uh, offense is uh, super not good with Andy Dalton under center, who I think is probably going to start. Um, maybe the Bears will make a uh, Deshaun Watson, Tom Savage type move where they the rookie goes in first game at halftime and they realize they made a mistake starting the veteran or whatever. But... I like the under here, and I like the Rams, obviously, to win this game on the money line, minus 400. And that brings us to our final betting preview of Week 1, Baltimore and Vegas, Monday, 
8-15 in that spaceship of a stadium in Las Vegas. Baltimore is minus four on the spread. I'm going to leave off on a bad note. I don't know. I, I got nothing for this game. And I know I try to have something for the majority of the games, and I did. I did. I did. I gave you 12 games to bet on this. I gave you insight on 12 different games. But I really just don't know what to make of the Raiders as a whole. I don't know what to make of Derek Carr if he's a winning quarterback or just a stat quarterback. I don't know what to make of this Ravens passing game. You know, they were last in the NFL in passing last year, and now they don't have Rashad Bateman for the time being. They don't have Miles Boykin for the time being. As far as running the football is concerned, J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. Justice Hill is out for the year. Gus Edwards is taking over as the number one back. They signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. I, I, I don't know what to make of Baltimore's offense, and I have no idea what to make of Las Vegas at all. So I guess I would say if there's one thing I would say, I would stay away from the spread and the money line in this game. Really could go either way. Um, I would take the under, though. Under 50 and a half. Yeah, I would take the under in this game. I don't know what to make, really, of Vegas's offense, and the same goes for Baltimore's offense. I'm not confident in Lamar throwing the ball, uh, especially when you don't have Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin around. Uh, you don't have J.K. Dobbins around to take help take pressure off of you. So I don't like the I don't like this game being an I don't think this game is going to be an offensive showdown to say the least. I think under fifty and a half on DraftKings is the play here. All right, that was fun. That was fun. As I said, I want to do that every week. I want to talk to you guys every week about what plays to make in the betting market for the NFL. All the week's games. Obviously, as time goes on, there's going to be a fewer and fewer games each week when we get into the bye week portion of the season, which is going to be from like I think their team. I think teams have bye week. They're bye week in like week 14 this year. Obviously, because there's 18 weeks to count for 17 games in the new 17 game regular season format. There's like I think some teams have a week 14 bye. At least two of them. I mean, you got to have two teams at least to have a bye in the same week. But there will be fewer and fewer games to. Uh, preview from a betting standpoint as the weeks go on um, obviously weeks one two first couple weeks you're, be- you're you're previewing all 16 games it's how it goes no no bye weeks the first couple weeks it's how it works but so glad to talk to you guys today um it's an eight and the season's back so we'll be talking about giant stuff here on the podcast we're gonna be rolling full steam ahead 2021 season is here i couldn't be more excited okay could you i can't be I can't be more excited. It's finally here. As I said before, the offseason's like, it's so long. It's so long. It's like the long, it's so, it's eight months. Haven't watched a Giants game since January 3rd. A meaningful Giants game, rather. Obviously, the three preseason games we watched, but the, the January 3rd. Can't believe it's back. But without further ado, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 76 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey. Of Lead Sports New York and the Lead Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey ESNY. That's at Ryan Honey ESNY. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Art Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, talk to you guys soon. And uh, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs>